0: Welcome to U Effect, your resource for stories of passion and wisdom from your favorite celebrities and industry leaders, committed to bring you entertainment with an inspiring twist. Hi everyone, I'm your host, Kelly Lavelle, and in this episode, fashion designer and reality TV show celebrity Heather Thompson joins us. Recognized for her recurring role in the TV series The Real Housewives of New York City. Heather is a woman of many talents. For one, she's founder and designer of the lifestyle fashion brand, Yummy. More than just a fashionista, Heather has a business acumen to match her creative flair and has actually spearheaded patented shapewear through her brand, YUMMY. Prior to this, she has over 15 years' experience in fashion design, having worked with A-lister names such as Diddy, Beyonce, and Jennifer Lopez to launch their own lines. When I was in New York, I had the opportunity to visit YUMMY's design studio and meet with Heather to learn more of her story. Her reputation of her positive energy and confidence certainly shined through when we met. I resonated her with on so many levels because she's very like-minded like myself. And we had a great conversation exploring everything from finding your passion in your career to advancing your goals and achieving balance as a serial entrepreneur without having to kind of cut everything off or lose that passion and creative flair. My favorite part was probably after our interview when we got to have a little bit more fun. She shared with me some of her memories working with celebrities such as Beyonce and taught me Beyonce's famous red carpet stands. But more on that a little bit later. First, let's listen in and hear some of the interview and what Heather has to share with us today. UFFC is pleased to have Heather Thompson with us today businesswoman, entrepreneur, philanthropist, recent reality TV star, mother, wife, wearer of many hats. I'm curious to know where it all began. Wow, where did
1: it all begin? Well, I guess it could New York. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it all began with um, a really big dream. It's funny, no one's asked me that question where it all began. It I began with a really big dream as a, a young girl who graduated from college and felt kind of spit out into the world and didn't really know what I wanted to be when I grew up. And so I had a very wise mother who said to me, you don't have to know what you want to be just because you graduated from college. So just go toward the things you love. And that's what she said to me and I did. And I went towards skiing, which was a big love of mine. And I thought I wanted to be a ski instructor. And I would be in, you know, chile in the in the summers <laughs> skiing in the mountains and in the winters I'd spend time in, in Colorado and places like that. So I went to a ski shop to find my my place or my path. And there I found my path was fashion design. I wanted to design ski clothes. I decided I was more interested in teaching, you know, the perfect stem Christie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was I was less interested in that, more interested in, in what everybody was wearing and like the $500 spider speed pants I coveted that I couldn't afford. So I got into the knowledge of you know loving fashion that I wanted to design clothing. So it started with a big dream and a really hearty appetite for, I guess, challenge. So I went in and I applied for all these jobs in design without any design background. Even though I had a college degree, it wasn't in design. And through perseverance and people who gave me you know an opportunity I found my path in fashion design and 25 years later here I sit.
0: I really like that because I think just in society as a whole we're always pressured to know what we want to be mm-hmm. and, and know the path we should take or we're told a certain path we are supposed to take right. and, and navigating that road is, is, is stressful it and, is. And, and difficult. It is. Um, but and more importantly, the fact that you didn't have a fashion background and you went into that is really interesting because. Sometimes we think that we have to get all these qualifications first. that kind of can justify that that's the path we can take. Mm -hmm. Did you have a lot of resistance when you were initially pursuing that? I did,
1: most certainly. But
0: I had I had opportunity,
1: and I had uh, passion, and I had hunger. So I think that anybody who sits in front of anybody else with with hunger and passion and the desire to work really hard, that's what perseveres. That's what they see first. So. Although I had graduated from college, I had no design experience other than laying on the floor and creating my own patterns of my body, <laughs> sewing them on a rainy day in my in my small bedroom as a child. You know, I, I really had this hunger and this desire to learn, and I think that's what made me stand out. You know, and that's that's what gave me that first foot in the door. And then once I got the foot in the door. I never turned back, I I, I fought hard, I worked hard. When I didn't get things I wanted, like I wanted to travel, I said to my bosses, you know, you mentioned that travel was a part of this job and I really wanna travel and I really wanna get out there. And they were like, you're right, we did. Okay, the next trip to Turkey, we're gonna send you to Turkey. So sometimes you have to ask for what you want. And you may not, you know, it took me a year to finally get to Turkey, but I got there. You know what I mean? And then when I got there, I showed them how good I was. And so the next time I went on a a trip, they sent me to Brazil by myself. So, you know, there were were trips that I took with my my bosses and then they, they were like, wow, she proved herself. We can entrust her. We know she's gonna do what we need her to do. And that's, I think, the most important thing. You can learn a skill on the job. You really can. You need to want to work hard. That's what I try to instill in most of the youth that I interview or come across today is that nothing comes easy. I worked for Beyonce Knowles. I worked for Sean Puffy Combs. I worked for Jennifer Lopez and all the people around them and every single person on their camp, including me, and most importantly then, work hard for what they have. So nothing comes easy, and if it does, it ain't worth anything. That's what I think.
0: Well, I really believe in that. We often view the success and the end of the journey and we really we don't often shed light to all the hard work and the grind that people go through in order to get to that place. And I think sometimes we we wait for those opportunities to come knocking on our doors instead of knocking them for knocking them ourselves. Give me five on that.
1: Go get those opportunities. You bang down the door. Because if you wait for opportunity to present itself, you may be waiting a long time. And I think sometimes without the desire to work hard or ownership, responsibility, accountability, or yourself, you actually miss the knock. Because it's knocking all the time. You just have to listen for it. You have to know that it's there. And then you grab those opportunities. And, you know, failure is as important as success. It really is if you don't get the job, if you didn't get what out of the job you thought you were going to get. Like all of those things add into who you are and add into your success. And, you know, I recently read that Warren Buffett wouldn't invest in anybody who hadn't failed at least twice. So failure is as important as success, but I always say fail fast, learn from your mistakes very
0: quickly. It's not how
1: you hit the mat; it's how you get back up.
0: Well, it's very true. It's, if anything, fail, when you're when you're looking for your path, and you and you fail, at least it could show you maybe that what you don't like or a road you don't want to take it, yes. you can learn from it even navigating your own road. A hundred percent. And speaking of failure, is there, a, looking back, is there an instant where you had a big obstacle that in the heat of the moment it felt like it was like the world and now looking back it's like a very pivotal point in your career. A hundred, yes, uh, many times over, but one
1: specific example of that that I could give would be leadership. So, a lot of times we look for uh, mentorship in our leaders and we expect to aspire to be someone who manages you know, us and we want to be that person. And oftentimes that leader really isn't a mentor and they're not a good example. But you can learn from bad examples just as much as you can learn from good examples. So I think that there were many times in my career, aside from failures of a collection that maybe didn't sell as well as I wanted it to or whatever, um, but in a, in a much overarching you know, perspective is leadership and that I found really good mentors in my bad mentors. I learned what not to do. As much as you can learn what to do from a good mentor, you can learn what not to do from a not so good mentor. So I think that those were that was a really big challenge and in most of my career I had I get a handful, which I'm blessed with that, a handful of good mentors, but I can I've got a, a, a you know a potato sack full of bad <laughs> examples. So I, I take that potato sack and I carry those bad examples and I use that to be a better manager myself, be a better leader, be a better director, be a better inspiration to my own staff, my own employees.
0: I love your positive energy you're known for, for your infectious smile and I can even just tell in, in your perspectives on life that you really do have that underlying positive outlet. But it's so important in particular when you are trying to pursue a dream or a goal that, that requires a lot of work because in that situation you could have easily just resented your, your bad mentors and, yes. and and let that Bring you down, right? You can, you can do that, and and you can't let the. My grandfather used to
1: always say to me, "Don't let the turkeys get you down." And I don't really know. I I didn't really understand what he really meant by that. But that's really the truth. If you think about it, as just easy as it is, you don't let the turkeys get you down. Because there's going to be, you know, there's going to be bad energy. There's going to be bad examples. There's going to be people that are just bad, you know, in life. But you know, I do believe in good versus evil, and I do believe in learning is um, integral in every situation that you're in, whether it's good or bad. So what I really, really believe in more than anything is, is that if you love what you do, then you know that bad energy, those bad examples, they just fall away because you're just you're just so impassioned with what you do, and you love what you do so much that. Yes, you may wake up and have a bad day, or you may go to sleep and, and not sleep well because you've had a bad day, but if you love what you do every day, you still pull the covers over and you put those two feet on the ground and you get up and you go do what you love. So I think for people who are in jobs that they don't love, and then those bad energies come in, then that's crippling. Mm-hmm. But I think if you love what you do, it's only crippling for a day or two, maybe a minute, maybe a week, yeah, a bad week. But eventually, the passion that you have inside for what you're persevering, what you're looking to do, will overcome that evil. I mean, the Disney villain never wins. <laughs> or they turn good. What are the tips? Or they turn good, <laughs> and that would be the best to turn a bad mentor and show them their
0: ways. Ooh, that might that might be a good reality show. <laughs> <laughs> now, speaking of kind of. Um, taking your, your future into your own hands you certainly have carved your own path not just even in the fashion world through through being a fashion designer and stylist but you've created as an entrepreneur your own lifestyle brand yummy and you've actually created patented design i know wow so ha- me walk me through that a little bit of how that came about well you know it really
1: yummy i guess um is my favorite initiative. Uh, working for Puffy, working for Jennifer Lopez, working for Beyonce, um, you know, and Tina Knowles. Uh, just, you know, immeasurable experiences, you know, immeasurable memories and, and, you know, learnings that I had there. But for the first time in my career, you know, whether it be Calvin Klein, working for Calvin Klein, or, you know, designing for Beyonce, Yummy is a personal, and is really a personal and selfish initiative. So what started this brand, was my own personal needs as a woman. And, you know, when I went to the market as a consumer, looking for something, a solution, something to satisfy, something that I wasn't getting, you know, I couldn't find it. So the good fortune was is that I had all these years of experience with good and bad mentors as a designer, and so I put my designer hat on, and I took off my consumer hat, and I made a product that I believed was gonna work for me. And I did it completely selfishly. It wasn't something that I planned to market or planned to blow out in any way. It was literally a selfish initiative to bring up my self-confidence, to make me feel better. You know, Looking good is feeling good, but feeling good is equally important to looking good. If you're all you know, in bondage to <laughs> a sausage casing, you may look you know, thin, but you don't feel good, and you're not really yourself, so that doesn't come through. And beauty comes in tons of forms. You know, and We're our own worst critics. So, yummy really stemmed from my own need after my kids were born to, you know, slim down my look while I was fighting weight loss for the first time in my life. And when I went to the shapewear department, I was aghast at my choices. I was like, these are literally regardless girls. And my husband felt the same way, by the way. He was like, what the hell is that? I get out! He's so bad! Everything's terrible! But with that moment, and tears streaming down my face, I had a Donnie Deutsch moment, I call it, which I don't know if you guys know in Canada, but he's a very successful and famous advertising man. There's gotta be a better way. And so with that, I went to my sewing machine and I sewed the three panel tank. And here it is, right here. This is my patented design, and I hold um, several patents on this design, utility and design patents. And I've been emblazoned in lawsuits to enforce and protect my intellectual property, um, which is kind of unfortunately part of the game in fashion and many other industries. But from this one initiative, which was oh, it's shapewear, you know, stemmed a whole initiative in shapewear and the ways that we can be intimately beautiful. You know, but have have garments in our in our closet that we want to wear that we know are going to make us look and feel our best. So that's the shapewear side of yummy. and you know, beautiful slips. And then came my bras. You know, this was this was really a selfish initiative because I guess (laughs) uh, that's the whole point. Like you know, I I guess I'm 44 years old, and after kids and, and a husband and things like that, when you reach a certain age, you kind of get comfortable in your own skin. And I encourage, and I, you know, it's a whole other workshop, to encourage people to kind of get comfortable in their own skin earlier in life. You know, we're, we're held to these standards and airbrushing. You know, life is not airbrushed. It's just not. So this bra to me was, it's completely, you know, there's no class for closures. You can step into it, you can pull it over your head, whatever, and I call this the next women's movement. This is the bra that you want to wear. Because the other bras, although there are amazing bra brands out there that I love, like I couldn't wait to rip them off at night. You know, the underwire bra, I didn't want it. So this is what I call rock what you got. (laughs) And if you don't want to rock what you got, it holds a a cookie or a cutlet, as we call it, really nicely. Um, But my bra initiative was really important. And I literally put this on in the morning, and I put it to take it off again the next morning. I literally sleep in it. They're so comfortable. Mm -hmm. And the seamless bras are great. Active apparel is a big part of my life. I'm an athlete. I always have been since the time I was a kid. and. Being active is really important, I believe, for your brain, not only your, your butt. <laughs> and so I want women to look and feel good when they're working out. And so 360 degrees of mirrors in a gym can be daunting. And so also to add gym you know, time to our schedules as busy women can also be impossible. So I wanted flexibility and versatility in the collection so that I could go do a bar class if I wanted to, or lift weights, we you get you sweat, but you're not like, like a boxing wet workout. You know, you can kind of dab yourself off and put on a little deodorant and use the same legging, throw on a heel and a tunic and hit, you know, the parent-teacher conference or a meeting at the office. So there was versatility in the collection that I wasn't getting from, I guess, the traditional athletic lines that were out there, where I could be versatile with the collection and I could go from, you know, point A to point B. And then I do have really functional pieces in the the collection because I'm a runner where you can sweat and they wick, you know, Mm -hmm. and there's moisture control and there's things like that. And then the last initiative that really, I guess, is my baby, if you will, is my denim because I've been a denim designer for most of my career. And a lot of the denim companies out there, that's what they do, their niche, and that's what they do, their denim designers. Well, I, too, am a denim, denim designer, but I have a bigger vision and I wanted to love wearing my jeans again. And as much as I loved a lot of the premium brands out there, I couldn't wait to peel them off at night. And they gave me muffin tops. So this is a contemporary look at, you know, I guess at 44, the the department stores would classify me as a missing customer. And, you know, I don't want to be boxed in. You know, I think I'm pretty fly and hip and fashionable. (laughs) And I want that, but I also understand that I am 44. My body has different needs and it's changed and gravity eventually does win although there's a lot of great laser technology out there. <laughs> so I can love wearing my jeans again. So Yummy really is a lifestyle brand. Mm-hmm. It's, it's meant to go through all the facets of life of a woman. I quadruple the page because whether she's at work or at play or working out you know, or out with the girls and having a good time, there's, there's Yummy in that for her everywhere to boost her confidence and to make her look and feel her best. Mm-hmm. And that's what it does for me, and that's what I want it to do for all the people who,
0: who buy it. Well I love that about the versatility because it's very true We, regardless of, of our age or anything we're never just one type right so we're, we're, we're different types whether it's I have the problem like I have, I have really long legs for example but your, maybe your body's not as long so then you don't yeah. fit into yeah. the yeah. same yep. things and so there's different aspects to it and I'm personally just a fan of versatility I'll always wear like I'll wear leggings and then on a plane and then i will flip on a skirt over top and that would be a yes. fancy outfit and then it's like you just change it up, and you have like one outfit. But there's like so many pieces that Packables. you can like, yeah.
1: <laughs> and then you can hit the treadmill with it in the morning before your, you know, 8:30 meeting. <laughs> you know, I, I that's the truth, and I love that, and I love it to hear you say that. You know. We classify people, Gen Y, Gen X, millennials, all this kind of stuff. And in a way, I think it's marketing crap. You know, I just think it's new generations, new new ways of attacking the world that's in front of us. You know, new ways of dealing with technology and how busy we are today and all the things that we have in front of us to do. And I think at the end of the day, we're just people, Mm -hmm. you know, and at the end of the day, we're just women. And, you know, thank God for that. And, you know, now we're women who, Forget about you know having a vote. You know we're making our own places at the table, and I think that's really important. And we still have to juggle you know parenthood in some cases. And by the way, you don't have to be a parent, and that's okay too. You know all these society kind of restrictions that get put upon us, or or fashion restrictions that are put upon us. Like I like to blow that that out. You know that's what I think. It's like you got to do you as Puffy. Well,
0: and like. I want to I want to talk about that a little bit because you do have a lot of hats and. How do you balance everything? Because I think that's a struggle that a lot of
1: people can relate yeah. to. The first and for the first piece of advice I can give is, is like, you know, stop trying to be perfect. Because there's no such thing. You know, there is no Wonder Woman. You know, she in her invisible helicopter, it's just not true. You know, I mean, the bottom line is, is that I, I'm happy with my life being perfectly imbalanced. And that's how I lead my life. I don't try to have balance in my life. I understand that my life will be imbalanced. But I check the balances, like the scale. If it's way too far this way, you've got to kind of pull it up. If it's way too far this way, you've got to pull it up. So you have to watch your own life and you have to navigate it on your own. And if you look at society and the pressures of society and all the things that people want you to be or expect you to be, you're constantly going to be at at disarray with yourself and stress with yourself. And you're going to be constantly disappointing people. You know, kids who take a year off of college to try to figure out things. Like, they're always under the gun of, oh my God, I took a year off of college. And how people look at that. That's baloney. You know, I'd much rather you not spend the 70 grand a year and figure yourself out and then go back to college and study the things you want to study. Like, that's not a bad thing. And so I just think society has put a lot of kind of um, categories and boxes and you know you're you're meant to go to high school, go to college, find your mate, get married, have babies, you know, while you're building your career, and that's just all not true anymore. And work your way up the ladder, start with getting coffee and break the walls down. You know what I mean? Break the walls down. And that's what tomorrow's about. Tomorrow's about a whole new future and breaking the walls down and equality and you know forget about fighting for a spot at the table for women. I would say we're making our own own places now. Entrepreneurship is on the rise, you know. I have more women than men, and it may be my industry, but I definitely have more women than men coming up to me saying, I want to start something, I have an idea, I want to do something. So it's a really empowering time for women. And, you know, I had this conversation on the show. I had this conversation on the housewives where... The girls were saying to me that, you know, you know, we emasculate men by being powerful as women and they still wanna open a door for you and they still wanna pay for the check. And sometimes the women's check is now, you know, paycheck is higher than the male's paycheck. And, and that that's emasculating, and so you have to only date people in your own economic you know, boundaries. And I say that's baloney. I really do, I think that's baloney. I think that's an old-school way of thinking. And it may take time, as it does, for the shift to happen, but eventually we, we all need to be equal, and we all need to say, like, I'll pay today, you pay tomorrow. It doesn't mean chivalry has to die, by the way. A gentleman can still be a gentleman, and a lady can certainly still be a lady, and none of that has to change but I think that if you want change and you want that forward motion, then it has to apply in all of the boxes. And by the way, everybody out there, the most exciting table is a diverse table. So it's not only men and women, it's from people from all different economic backgrounds, all different races, all different sizes. Those are the tables that are gonna create the most exciting ideas, all the different perspectives. You know, have the Muslim, have the Jew, have the black, have the white, have the man, have the girl, have the rich, have the poor, have the artists,
0: have the, have the, artists,
1: have the businessmen. Yeah. Those are the those are the people that are going to create the most change in this in this world and, and create the most dynamic tables. And I encourage everybody to make sure that their tables are diverse.
0: Incredible. Now I have one last question for you. If you have a superpower and you could change one thing in the world, what would it be? My superpower
1: that could change one thing in the world. I would say I would take away greed. I would say you have no longer have greed. That would be the one I would take away because I think it's a nasty, nasty, nasty attribute to a lot of people. There's so much in this world and there's so much wealth and I think people don't give back enough. So I would take away greed.
0: Well, you are very involved in giving back. It's a very um, prominent role in your life. Despite this crazy busy schedule that you have, you still find a lot of time to actually dedicate to your community. I do. I think in a lot of ways, that can almost build us up and and lend to our creativity. Has it played a role at all? Oh my God,
1: I love it you said that 100%. I say don't even show up at your table if you're not giving back. In some way, shape, or form, from the beginning of the time, the moment that I started this company, whether it was a hundred dollars or three hundred dollars, or then turned into three thousand dollars, I always gave back. I would always do charitable things because you know when I had one employee or two employees, I still had a voice. If I had a business that I was running, I wanted to make sure that a piece of that went to people who had nothing, you know. And a lot of times you look at you know the state of the world, and you know I am a woman of means and I am a woman of resources, but you can still be victimized. And when you're victimized and you're in a situation where you have resources and you have those means and you still feel victimized, all I can think about is the people that don't have means and don't have resources and are victimized. And that's a really, really horrible, horribly sad place to be. So I think that we have to make sure that we always give back because, you know, I find that the homeless man on the street is everybody's responsibility, really. And you know we have to do things to give back to encourage people's growth. You know, look at all the all the veterans. You know, I can talk about our country. You know, for sure coming back from war. Not that there aren't Canadians, there are or English, or all all types of people. But you know, we, we have to give back and support things that are important to us. And you know, my my cause was you know was liver transplantation and and, and pediatric causes and then organ donation. And then my cause has turned into you know a new foundation that I'm very involved in called No Barriers, you know, breaking down the walls for, you and I have all of our arms and legs, and we have, you know, a working brain, and we have all these resources, not everybody is brought up in the world with all of the equality, and so we need to, you know, one for all and all for one, and give back, and so To me, it's not even finding time. It's like part of who I am. It's like part of my life, you know. And by the way, there are times when I'm like, I can't quite get to the invitation this week. (laughs) I'm going to have to pass the buck. You guys work on it and then come back to me. You do have to juggle and balance the priorities. And it's important to be able to be honest with yourself about it that you are never going to be able to do it all. But the little that you do each time counts. And some days you give a hundred percent to your charity, and some days you give five percent. As long as you're in
0: the game, you're giving back, and that's the most important. Well, it's I I really believe on the ripple effect of change, and that even by when speaking about giving back, that by helping that one person, you never know the ripple effect they're going to have in the world. Right. They could found the next big organization or have the next innovation or patent. Right? You never know, and. Um, in throughout any of the channels of your work, you're clearly creating a ripple effect, whether it's in fashion, whether it's in women empowerment, or just in, to be honest with you, you're just so honest and pure of heart that I feel that even just in the day-to-day people that you touch, you're probably living a, a ripple in their lives too. So I want to thank you for being part of You Effect and sharing your ripple with our audience. Oh my
1: God, well, I certainly hope I am. And I want to leave you with a story that I think that you'll love. So there's a story about a boy and a starfish. So a boy was walking walking along the beach, and, you know, the surf had washed up all these starfish. And he was picking them up and throwing them back into the surf, one by one. And an old man came to him, and he said, young man, what are you doing? And he said, well, all these starfish have washed, washed up on the surf, and without my help, they'll never get back to the ocean, and they'll die. And he said, boy, you can never make a difference. And the boy looked at the old man, and he picked up the starfish, and he threw it back in the surf, and he said, "I made a difference for that one." So I think that you love that story. Thank so that's know. a ripple effect. Story. Thank you. <laughs> <songs>. <laughs> so keep making a difference, and thank you so much for being here. Thank you.
0: I can be anybody. Thanks for tuning in to You Effect. I'm your host Kelly Lavelle. For daily inspiration and insights, you can follow me at Kelly A Lavelle on Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat. And until our next episode, remember, change starts with you.